You're listening to a message from Crosspoint Church in Williston, Vermont, with lead pastor Todd West. Find out more about us at crosspointvt.org. If you like what you hear, follow us on social media. Thanks for being here today. Well, we've been talking in our series on a thing called Hot Mess. And I don't particularly, as I said, like that phrase, uh, but it's, it's true. And maybe the reason I don't like it is because that's what I am at times. Uh, but we've talked about our families can be a hot mess. Uh, last week we talked about our schedules can be a hot mess. And I know a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't want to talk about all that. Just, just give me the word. Well, I am giving you the word. Um, but it's, it's, this is the problem is that we don't know how to live out Christian lives. Uh, we know how to come to church and look cool and do all the motions. But when we leave here, our schedules are a mess. Our families are a hot mess. And in reality, what I want to talk about today is our jobs are a hot mess. The Bible talks about how we are to work as unto the Lord, not as unto man. But yet I find in my life, and probably in yours as well, you've probably spent more time working for man than you have spent working for the Lord. That's not a slam on you or on me. It's just the reality of it. Now, maybe not. Maybe you're an exception to the rule, but I doubt it. Most of us have probably worked more for man and work more for ourselves and what we can get from our work uh, than we ever have for the Lord. Now, the scriptures are going to be on the screen today, and our main focus is going to be found in John 4, 34, where Jesus said this, John chapter 4, verse 34, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then chapter 4, and then the little 34, and it says this, Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me, and from finishing his work. We're all called to some kind of work. Now, if you're here today, let me go ahead and just say something on behalf of all of us. If you're here today and you can work, you can work, but you choose not to work because you're lazy. All right, I'm just calling it what it is. I'm not saying that you've lost your job. Don't leave here misinterpreting that. Or you've got laid off or you can't work. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you just intentionally are mooching and freeloading off the rest of us. I want you to do me a favor. Just hold your hand out for me. Make a fist and punch yourself in the throat. <laughs> On behalf of all of us, that's our love gift to you today. All right? If you, the Bible says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. And so I'm, ta- I'm not talking about people who are on disability who can't. I'm, you, you get what I'm saying today. But we've, there's a culture today, man, is just mooching and freeloading. I just got to get that out of my system uh, so I can move forward. But you, you lazy turds need to get a job. All right. Anyway, we all have some sort of work. And for many of us, maybe it's a nine to five. For some of you, that ends in retirement one day. But for others, it's, it's responsibility of being a stay-at-home mom. And no matter what our job, it can sometimes become a hot mess. I know many of us today have probably written resignation letters on a Sunday uh, before we go back in on a Monday, like over and over again. Like, I'm not going back. I'm quitting. I've written this thing out. I'm going to tell them that I'm done. I'm not going back. But the reality is, is that we do go back. And the reality is, is that God can use that place where you work so that you can be an ambassador for him there and to bring glory and honor to him. Now, again, so far we've talked about our families and our schedules and how easily both can become a hot mess. And it's a reality for all of us here today that at some point in some season of life, these parts of our life will feel as if they're out of control. I don't care who you are today. If you've worked any time at all, you've been frustrated. I mean, I don't care. You you can sit there and say, I love what I do. I'm not saying that. I get that. But I'm just saying there's been times in your work life where it's been a hot mess, where you got coworkers who are driving you crazy, your boss is driving you crazy, your employees are driving you 
me crazy. I mean, there's just stuff going on. And I'll be honest with you, man, one of the places that we can snap and lose it in our walk with Jesus is in our job places. Because sometimes that's where we spend most of our time, and that's where a lot of our stress can come from that can even flood over into our homes. Again, I'm not just talking about those who work nine to five or serve at a church, maybe like me or whatever it might be. We're kind of 24-7, if you will. Instead, I believe the Bible teaches we're all created to do some type of work, all of which has a similar why behind it as well, why we do it. And I think that I can show you today through a couple of passages of Scripture what I'm trying to say. First of all, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, we read that God created. Many people who've been in church can, can, can quote Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created. And in this one verse, the very first one of the Bible, we read a verb that is used to describe uh, what the writer was talking about, God created. He seems to put something in the motion here at the very beginning of time. And check this out. Over the next six days of creation, God provides us with a model to use in our own work. Incredible he invites, this is so cool, he invites human beings like us into the work that he's already doing. Did you notice God was at work and then he allowed humans to join him there? And God's been doing a work before you were ever born. Some of you think that the work's accomplished because of you. No, it's been happening before you and if you die tomorrow, they'll have you replaced by this time tomorrow and they'll move on and continue what needs to happen. The world didn't start with you and the world ain't going to end when you're dead. I hate to hurt your feelings, but that's reality. Are you with me today? Now, some of you living like it is, but let me just go ahead and burst that bubble and let's get that out of the way. Your job is to join God. That's so important. Our job in life is not whether I'm a pastor or a, I study out theology, those kind of things, or you're this or that. Our job as followers of Jesus is to join God. And that's so important. Henry Blackaby, an old study and experiencing God. And if you've never done that, I think it's one of the greatest studies you could ever do. And really, in reality, what it is, is it says, stop asking God to join you where you're at. Find out where God is at work and go join him. And my, listen, I know at times, sometimes we, we get this backwards. I've said it before. We, we write on a piece of paper sometimes what we want God to do, and then we ask him to sign off on it. When in all reality, what we should be doing, as I've said before, is give God a blank piece of paper with our signature on it and say, God, you fill it in. You know what kind of work I need to be doing. You know where I need to be. You know the gifts and skills you've created within me. So God, let me use them as an ambassador for you. It's a, listen, you're not going to find the perfect job. If you're one of those that's out there looking and you're hopping from job to job because it ain't perfect, it ain't going to be perfect. You want to know why? It's because you're there. And I'm not being ugly. But it's reality, right? Because we're all jacked up. I'm jacked up. You're jacked up. Remember the series? It's called Hot Mess. And that's what we all are. We're all a bunch of hot messes. Some of you here today, I want to encourage you with something real quick. Get this out of the way. But my first, um, or my job, not my first job, but my, my first job I got fired from, <laughs> I did seriously for stealing beer. All right, see? So we're in a hot mess. True, true story there. Yep, yep, not lying there. Um, ironically, one of my punishments when I went to court was to get another job. I don't know why they would send me back in where I could steal more, but they did anyway. All right, you guys with me today? Just making sure you're there. And also letting you know your pastor's real and I've not always been a pastor. All right? So I know your dirty little tricks too. <laughs> so my first job, or my job when I was in my first two-year Bible college was selling used shoes. True story. I sold used shoes. And uh, I worked there six days a week. I also worked at a church and also went to school five days a week. And so when people come to me and they're like, I'm in school and I'm stressed. My sweet daughter Ellie's in nursing school and it's tough. I get it. But she also knows, man, that it, you, you got to press through it, Right? 
But one of the reasons I would be there and I would be like, um, at times I'd be unboxing shoes or I'd be ringing people out. And I would think to myself, you know, a quarter or two into this school, I'd be like, man, some of my buddies are already taking churches and they're already preaching and all, and I'm selling you shoes. And I would have conversations with God so many times and be so frustrated. Why am I here? God, I know I may not be the best, but you've given me something I need to be sharing. Why am I selling you shoes? And then we would have to do something every, every time somebody would check out. We would ask them for their name and maybe their address and their phone number. Some people didn't like that, but nonetheless, our owner wanted us to do that. Well, here's the problem. I barely graduated high school. Now, I'm not just joking when I say that. Some people say that and you don't understand. They pushed me out of school. I was such a troublemaker, they pushed me through. I graduated high school, never took algebra. Never. We would like count six apples in a bucket. And then she would say, can you find a half dozen? No. See, some of you, maybe some of you would have been in my class too. <laughs> Welcome to the family, man. This is great. But nonetheless, I, I definitely I couldn't do math, couldn't tell you what a verb was. None of that stuff. And honestly, one of the things I never would have done was took typing. How stupid would that have been, right? And so I'd walk by, I remember seeing it uh, in, in our building. People would be sitting there like this typing. I was like, just laughing. I'm like, that's so hilarious. Why would you do that? But here's what I didn't, I didn't know how to type. And so when I get in this job, they put me at the front counter and I start having to ask people their last names and I find out something real quick as people are watching me that I can't type. So you say, well, I do the hunt and peck. Man, I, I couldn't do the peck, I just was trying to hunt. <laughs> Literally, man, I'm just like, let's see, where in the heck is a W? I should know that, my name starts. I'm telling you, man, God is my witness. I'm going to tell you what God did at that job. He taught me, it's, it's a system that I couldn't teach anybody else, I'm here to tell you. But I promise you I can type as fast if not faster than you. I promise you that. I don't say that arrogantly. But what God did was he took somebody who was broken and who had messed up in so many ways and he thought, you know what, I can put him in this job selling these shoes. But one of the things I want to do is Todd's got to understand 90% of what he does is going to be typing. And I've got to school him and get him ready. And he's not going to take a class on typing. He's too dumb. He don't get it. I got to stick him somewhere where he's going to be forced to have to learn this. And so last night, uh, as I was go sitting there working on some other stuff, I'm sitting there and I'm typing and I'm doing some stuff and it just came back to my mind again. Thank you, Lord, for putting me in that used shoe store, for helping me learn how to type. And that's, I don't even know how y'all do that. But I'm telling you, man, my point is this. Some of you, God's got you in a situation today and you're wondering why you're there. He sees the big picture. Let God use where you're at and develop you. That has nothing really to do with a sermon. It's just for somebody out there today who's maybe starting out in their career and they're wondering, why am I not being thrust into this, this category, this field that I know God wants me to be in? It could be because you're not quite ready yet. And God loves you enough to get you ready. Some graduated summa cum laude. I graduated thank you laude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? But maybe you can relate to this story. Maybe you've struggled to see how God could possibly be using your job to make a difference and an impact. Some of you, it's obvious, right? I've just, been, just spent um, 18, 20 weeks at the hospital doing chaplaincy. I see, and we have those people in our church today. We have surgeons and brain surgeons, some of my dearest friends. And I mean, I see, man, the, the gift and the skill. Some of you know what your, your jobs are doing, what it's benefiting. But even in that, I don't think you understand how impactful those things are. And for those of you who are there, and maybe you're honestly running a cash register at a gas station, and you say, could God use this? Yes. Yes, God can use that. Because you know what times, man? Some people who come into gas stations on a morning are so stressed out. 
Because they're going to a place they don't know about and they don't like and their job's a hot mess and they can see you smiling and saying, man, if that boy or girl can be smiling behind that register, how much more can I and should I be using my job to glorify God? There's a, there's a gas station I'm not going to name it. Lord, I ain't going to get through this sermon today, but i got so many stories to tell. I love these stories. But I, there's a gas station I go to in a lot. And at nighttime, my kids will get tickled because the dude, man, as soon as you walk in, he in this loud, hello. And every time, man, he scares the poo out of me. I'm like, hey, man, what's up, dude? How are you, buddy? I'm like out of it. I'm thinking of 50,000 things. Hello. And I'm just like, man. And then after he rings us up, he snaps to like a parade rest, and I feel like I'm back in basic and need to be doing push-ups. But I leave there, and I think, man, I like that dude. He's taking pride in what he's doing. And that's what, listen, working as to, to God, not as unto man. And, and I think that it will begin to change our hot messes and our jobs when we begin to see that. That we're working for the Lord. And it, listen, it's not going to be right because you're not right. The world's not right. It's filled with sin. It's broken because you're broken. But we've got to let the Spirit of God live through us so we can be what we need to be in our jobs. Genesis 2.15 says the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Did you catch that? Through the creation of the heavens and the earth, God puts something into motion. Then after the creation of mankind, he motions to us. And essentially what God says to people like you and me is, I want you to join me in the work I'm already doing. Maybe today this is the very thing you need to hear. You're a stay-at-home mom who's trying to manage three kids, all of whom have got different schedules. I've got four kids, now a foster baby. I understand. And if you think it gets easier when they get older, you are smoking crack. It, no, absolutely not. And I don't mean to discourage you today, but can I just get that off my chest? I told Amy last night, I was like, I feel like I need to get on social media and say, for those of you that have small kids, enjoy. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Some of you moms out there, and I, I, listen, if you're not, I, I'll tie this thing in. I love to crack jokes and have fun because I think people learn that way, and that's the way I learn. And so if you don't like that, when I allow you to speak, you can do whatever you want. But um, it's... <laughs> But some of you moms out there literally were, you, you, you used to hear me make jokes about pot brownies and some of you are Googling recipes right now. I mean, you're seriously like stressed out. You got so much going on in your life right now with your kids and your juggling and your schedules and all this kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm just telling you, man, there's so much going on out there. But I want you to be encouraged that God is at work no matter where you're at. And he's working in each of your kids' lives, even when you can't see it. He's working through the countless hours you put in when no one is appreciative. Your job's to join God in his work, becoming a faithful and joyous steward of what he has entrusted you to do day to day. But here's the reality. No matter what our job is, doing what, just, ju doing what we just said is extremely difficult to actually live out. There are distractions that get in the way. There are endless points of comparison all around us. There are frustrations and coworkers all along the way. Nothing ever seems to go as planned. And that can be a draining feeling. And that's why you've got to ask yourself this question today. Where do you really find your fulfillment? That's the hard one for us in our culture today. Because I know where a lot of us find our fulfillment. In money, in stuff, in food, in pleasure. That's where we get. And if we're not careful, these things begin to define us. We place our identity in the things that we do and the things we have instead of who God says we are. So then you can enjoy your job because you're wanting that guy's job because he's got stuff that you think you need. And if you can get it, it'll make you happy. But when you get there, you realize, oh, this doesn't make me happy. And you're looking somewhere else. And you spend your whole life trying to get happy 
And at the end of it, you realize what, what Ecclesiastes, the Bible, the whole book in there talks about is it was all vanity. It was all just, it was all just whatever. Nothing to it. I mean, Solomon said, I've got all the women, I got all the wine, I got all the whiskey, I got all the music, I got the vineyards, I got, uh, I mean, I've got so much stuff that this world would say, man, surely that dude would be happy. And he said, it's all useless. Now, some of you just, you, you just, you can't, you can't hear that. You're still going to go after it. And I can't stop you. Some of you are still going to go for it. I, I know the, I know the pastor says that, but man, I just know in my heart, if I can get here, I'll be happy. Go for it, hoss. But I promise you, when you get there, listen to me. You're going to find it's just as empty, if not worse, when you get there. You spent your whole life, man. God makes us human beings, not human doings. And though we were made to work in some form or fashion, God desires we receive fulfillment from the work we do. However, there are times and seasons in life when we're working for other reasons. And listen, there's, there's things that you get from work. There's vacation, there's all those things. And I'm not saying those things are wrong, but they, they cannot totally satisfy you. Then, then those things in and of themselves are not bad, but we are expecting to get something from them that they can't fully give us forever. There are numerous things you and I love about our jobs, even though they can sometimes come with frustrations. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what's going on in your life. But the Bible tells us many crucial things, one of which we can look to Christ in that verse I read in John 4, where Christ says, there's where I find my fulfillment. Christ tells us right here, church, this is where it's at. You can enjoy your job, but listen to me. Before you ask God to come to your job, go to God. Hang out with Him, and then He can't help but follow you and be with you. You can't help but take Him to your job place to make an impact and a difference. Jesus said, my nourishment, my goods, my strength. See, for some of you right there, that's where if you've got to be honest today, you'll say, I find my strength in food. I find my strength in pleasure. I find my strength when my bank account is filled. I find my strength when I'm physically feeling okay. That's where my sustenance and my nourishment comes from. But Jesus said, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me, here it is, and from finishing his work. Our nourishment and fulfillment were never meant to come from worldly things or worldly achievements. I'm not saying we're not to enjoy them. I'm not saying they're not a gift from God. But they were never given for us to find our fulfillment in them rather from the one who gave them to us. And that is the Lord God himself. All the accolades you've earned over the years on your job, they will one day fade away. So we should place our hope in doing the will of God. I believe that time and time again in Scripture, God is reminding us of statements like this from Christ. Or in Matthew 9, 37, where it says, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. These statements remind us that there's still so much work to be done to accomplish God's plans and His purposes. He's calling us to use our gifts, talents, and jobs to be involved in His purpose and plan. What a privilege it is. Think about this, man. You could be a lot of places tomorrow. But if you have the ability to go to a job, whether you think it's the ideal job or not, you have the ability to go to a job. And God wants you to be used in that job to work for Him, not man. And He wants you to be an ambassador where you're at. Some of you are wanting to get to that place, 
without dealing with that place. Y'all hearing what I'm saying today? Like you, you roll in and you're like, oh, well, I, 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 want, I want to be able to do what he's doing. Well, what you don't understand was he was faithful with what you're supposed to be doing. Is this making sense with anybody today? You got to be faithful working as to God, not as unto man. There's one final thing I would like to say when it comes to keeping peace, joy, and focus when our jobs are a hot mess, and that is that you know that you've been assigned kingdom work. It is one thing to work for God. It's another thing to work with God. Did you hear what I just said? It's one thing to work for God. It's another thing to work with God. And seemingly simultaneously, God calls us to do both. You know the story of Paul. Paul was a, a Christian killer, not your, probably your top pick for the draft on the Christian team. Uh, just being realistic, um, just wasn't. But God radically had an encounter with Christ. He was radically saved, and God began to use him. And, and God used him through the inspiration of the Spirit to probably write over half the New Testament. But in the book of Acts, there's something said about the job he was doing. And here's what he said in Acts 20, 22 through 24. And now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. Boy, that doesn't sound like the American dream, does it? But in my life, but my life, here it is, is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. I want to say that one more time. What a powerful passage. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. He said, I don't care how much you give me. And he said, I've learned with beanie weenies or steak. I don't care. I'm content. My job is to finish what God's called me to do. And whether that looks like the American pipe dream or not, or the culture he was living in or not, doesn't matter. What I realize is this life is short, eternity is long, and I want to live my life and do my work on this earth to honor Christ and to draw people to him. What a statement. Paul understood when he signed up to follow Jesus, there would be hard work for him to do along the way. And in a similar way, I believe God is still in the business of assigning work to people like you and me. Those of us who have surrendered to the call of Christ. That means you come to a point where you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior and say, I want to be in. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. At that moment, you become an ambassador of Jesus. And God wants to use you. He will give you work to do. Sometimes it aligns with your job. Maybe it doesn't. Sometimes it's the pay you want. Maybe it's not. But ultimately, this work we're assigned is kingdom work. There is a higher purpose behind what you're doing. And no matter how mundane or boring it may feel, no matter how annoyed or stressed you may get, you are called to be an ambassador of reconciliation in any and all circumstances. Some of you in the room, this is a good encouragement and reminder to stay the course and remember your high calling. For others, it's a call to begin the journey to surrender control of your life and willingly choose to follow Jesus. Kenneth Ridings, you don't know who that man is. He was the president of the first two-year Bible college I was just talking about. And before I took my first church, he and I were riding down the road and he told me some things of wisdom. One of the things he said is he said, Todd, the greatest day of my life was when I lost my ministry and Jesus became it. The greatest day of my life is when I lost my ministry and Jesus became it. Some of you need to lose your ministry today and let Jesus become it. So you can go forth tomorrow to that gas station 
or that construction site or that doctor's office or that schoolroom or that restaurant or that dishwashing or whatever it might be and say, you know what? God, you've called me to be a minister here. The world may see it as mundane, but you've got a purpose and a plan. I can't see it, but you're doing it. I'll share this real quick because it just, it just resonates in my heart. I, I don't know why a while back I, I did chaplaincy in the South and I worked with Georgia State Patrol and took great pride in that. It was an honor for me to do that, to work with the state troopers and spend a good bit of time uh, with them and uh, with the fire and EMS and all those things. And it was a tough thing um, because every time I was called out, it was, it was not good. It was tragic. It was traumatic and uh, it, was, it was terrible. But there was just something, as I said weeks ago, that was in me that God had put in me that I was able to do that. And so then I began to want to get plugged into this local hospital here. But because University of Vermont is an, an academic establishment where they train and teach doctors and all those kind of things, the requirements are so much different. And so I had to take a unit of CPE or half units, what I wound up doing this first time. I got to do another half. And so I find myself going through this process. And I, I honestly, for the life of me, even up to a week ago, would have told you, I, I even said to some, maybe Pastor Steve and others, I was like, I, I don't know if I missed it and God's just using it or this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Because I'm man enough to stand up and say, man, I missed that. I, I just, I thought that was what God wanted me to do and I just totally missed it. And I'll be honest with you, when I was on call and I was having to go in and I was also having to deal with church and family and I'm up all night with a baby and all those kind of things, I began to think, yeah, I missed it. <laughs> Right? You got, is this thing on? Y'all hear me today? So I go in this in atmosphere and they become some of my dearest friends. I'll say that. Because some of them may be watching. I'm sure some of them are. But I come in this atmosphere where I'm surrounded by Buddhists and atheists and all kinds of people. And I'm the Southern Evangelical Conservative. And I'm thinking, how in the heck... Did I get in here? I even called Scott Bowen, who's an oral surgeon, one of my dear friends one day, and basically said to him, what the heck am I doing, dude? Um, because it, it got tough at times. It really did. But the other day we had to, we, we had to, I just tried to stick it out and be the best I could be. And, but the other day, the last thing we got to do was we got to do a final evaluation. And that's where we got time to speak where nobody can interrupt us. Like nobody could stop us and say, that's not right. I don't agree with that. And so for like the longest time, I got to share about the fall of man. I got to share about sin. I got to share about how the Bible was written over 1,500 years by 40 writers, three continents, doctors, all kinds of people like that, shepherds, and there's no contradictions. I got to share about how we've been separated from a holy God, but Jesus came and shed his blood on the cross and died and on the third day he rose and ascended back to heaven where he's now at and he's our mediator and he wants to reconcile us and bring us back I, I'm in this academic environment this old country boy who finished school without algebra and I'm surrounded by doctors and, and people with PhDs brilliant don't tell me there's not a God out there and here I am able to stand I tried when I came here I put in like two applications to try to get in that hospital and nothing nothing my point is, man, sometimes you don't know why you're there. And you're going to go to your job tomorrow, and maybe it's going to be crappy. And there's those days, man, where just like with me, you're like, why am I doing this? What is the point? Am I really supposed to be here? But on those moments when you see God move in such a way, you realize, man, yeah, this is why I'm here. 
All that stuff I went through. God, you wanted to do that to get me to this one spot. Then I could stand in this atmosphere in Vermont and share with these people the message and hope of Jesus Christ. You say, well, did they get to share their faith? They did, but their gods are dead, so I'm not worried about it. I love them, and I've met some dear friends who are not followers of Jesus. Still talk to them, and we'll probably still connect. But I'm just telling you, man, some, we don't know why God's doing what he's doing. I don't know why your job's a hot mess. It could be because of you. It, what I don't know. I just know God wants to take it and use it. And you need to start thinking about your job, but not the way you're thinking about it, but as unto God, not as unto man. Because if you do it as unto man, you're going to run yourself ragged. You're going to be frustrated and mad all the time and angry and upset. And you're going to go home and take it out on your family you got to see this, man, that there's no perfect job because you're not perfect. The people around you aren't perfect. But God needs to use you there, wants to use you there as an ambassador for Him. Remember, you're called to join in the work God is already doing in the world. And the beauty is that anyone, with or without a traditional vocation, can participate. Find someone who needs encouragement this week or help or both and be the hands and feet of Jesus in their lives. Remember that you are God's beloved son or daughter. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. And make sure that you keep going back to him when you need to find nourishment. And remember, when you join God in his work, you're entering into a sacred and holy calling. You're joining in with the plans and purpose of the kingdom. And that's no small thing. I bet when Adam and Eve got the privilege of just getting to tend to the garden, they didn't say, I wish I could do more. They were just grateful they got to do it because their fulfillment wasn't in the fruit or the vegetables. It was in the Creator. And many of you have lost the joy of Jesus. You're trying to find it in your job, and you've lost the joy of Jesus. A job ain't going to cut it for you. I'm just telling you, it's not. Only Christ can satisfy it. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Cross Point Church in Williston, Vermont. If you gave your life to Jesus today, I want to encourage you to text YES TO JESUS to 484848. If you want to learn more about Cross Point, get connected or find ways to give, visit crosspointvt.org. Have a blessed day.